Jackdaw isn't going to make it. I can tell by the way the first jump unseats him. The big white bull lands and then tucks and gathers underneath. Jackdaw curls forward and whips the air with his left hand, but his butt slides off center. Thirty yards away on the metal bleachers, I involuntarily scoot sideways, as if it would do any good. The bull springs out from under Jackdaw and then arches its back, flipping its hind end. Jackdaw is tossed wide off the bull's back. In the air he is all red satin arms and shaggy chapped legs, but then somehow he grabs his black felt hat. He lands squarely on both feet, knees bent to catch his weight. Then he straightens with a grand sweep of his hat. Even from here you can see his smile burst out. There's something about the way he opens his body to the crowd, like a dog rolling over to show its belly, that makes me feel sorry for him, but drawn to him too. With him standing there, holding himself halfway between a relaxed slouch and head-high pride, I can see why my brother Tibbs admires him. I haven't actually met Jackdaw before, but he and Tibbs hang out together a lot, and they have some English classes together. I haven't run across him on campus. The crowd on the bleachers goes wild. It doesn't matter that Jackdaw didn't stay on the full eight seconds. They holler and wolf-whistle and shake their programs. Their metallic stomping vibrates my body and brings up dust in the smell of old manure. With Jackdaw off its back, the bull leaps into the air. It gyrates its hips and flips its head, a long ribbon of snot curling off its nostril and arcing over its back. Then it stops and turns and looks at Jackdaw. It hangs its head low. It shifts its weight onto its front hooves, butt in the air, and pauses. The clown with the black face paint and the big white circles around his eyes runs in front of the bull to distract it, but it shakes its head like it's saying no to dessert. The crowd hushes. Then, I can't believe it, Jackdaw takes a step toward the bull. The crowd yells, but not like a crowd, like a bunch of kids on a playground. Some holler encouragement. Others laugh. Some try to warn him. Some egg him on. My heart beats wild in my chest, like when my sister CJ and I watched those slasher movies, and Freddy's coming after the guy, and you know because he's the best friend that he's going to get killed, and you want to warn him. Bastard deserved it, CJ always says, for being stupid. It's like Jackdaw doesn't know the bull's right there. He starts walking, not directly to the fence, but at a slant toward the loudest of the cheers, which takes him right past the bull. I turn to Tibbs. What's he doing? He knows his stuff, Tibbs says, his voice lower than normal. The look on his face makes me want to give him a hug, but we're not a hugging family, so I nod, even though Tibbs isn't looking at me. Tibbs is leaning forward, his eyes focused on Jackdaw, his elbows on his knees and his shoulders hunched. Tibbs is tall and thin, and he always looks a little fragile, a couple of sticks propped together. His face is our dad's big eyes and not much of a chin, sort of like an alien or an overgrown boy. He has the habit of playing with his fingers, which he's doing now. It's like he wants to reach out and grab something, but he can't quite bring himself to. It's the same when he talks. He'll cover his mouth with his hand like he's holding back his words. Tibbs is the tallest of us three kids. CJ, he, and I. CJ's the oldest. I'm the youngest and the shortest. Grandma Rose, Dad's mom, always said I got left with the leftovers. Growing up, it seemed like CJ and Tibbs got things and were told things that I was too young to have or to know. It was good, though, too, 
because when Dad and Mom got killed when I was sixteen, I didn't know enough to worry much about money or things. They had saved up some so we could get by. But poor CJ. She in particular had to be the parent. But she was used to babysitting us, and she was older anyway. Twenty-two, I think. Like that time when we were kids when CJ was babysitting and I got so sick. Turned out to be pneumonia. I don't know where our parents were. Most likely they were away on business, but it could have been something else. Grandma Rose had cracked her hip, I remember that, so she couldn't take care of us, but it was only for a couple of days and C.J. was thirteen at the time. In general, C.J. had started ignoring us, claiming she was a teenager now and didn't want to play with babies anymore, like kids do, which really got Tibbs, though he didn't do much besides sulk about it. But that day she was playing with us like she was a little kid too, 